finds Draymond Green. Green to the basket, kicks it out of Godala. Thompson for three. Bang! Play Thompson from downtown. It's a six-point lead. Timeout, Rockets. A stunned Toyota Center crowd has watched a seven-point fourth-quarter lead turn into a six-point deficit. Yo, 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 guys. Welcome back to the Game 6 Clay Podcast. It's your boy, Gotham. My guys, Charlie, Matt. Guys, welcome. It's a uh, it's a, a new day here at uh, Game 6 Clay Pod. First time we're doing an afternoon recording. Um, got it all to work out. The sun is nice, shining outside. How you guys doing? How's the, uh, how's the afternoon looking out there? Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, I'm glad we got to line this up. Uh, got to enjoy a little bit of the sun while I'm slip you know just slugging away at my series guide and uh excited to talk a little doubles with the boys because you know all i've been able to think about is this matchup for the last few days so yeah it's good and hey we got matt in the light for once for real yeah man i'm i'm in my uh my parents house in ventura california man and my bedroom at their house has light so that's the way things go, man. I'm living in the living in the light these days, but I'm also ready to talk. And uh, speaking of all that good stuff, man, Chuck, you're putting out and working on right now the uh, Denver Golden talk, State talk to us Bible talk, talk to us. And so with that with that series coming up, man, why don't you give us a few of you know what you think? A little be the sneak peek, a little sneak peek. Yeah, a little bit of the most important things we should be looking for coming up in this uh, this Golden State Denver series. Yeah, so that'll be uh, dropping tomorrow. I hope. Uh, working on working on crossing the finish line right now. Um, it's going to be a long, long read because I don't know how to do it any other way and why not be as thorough as possible. Uh, I dare anyone who reads this to not feel like they have a pretty good understanding of what's going to go down in this series. But so I think there's kind of the obvious keys of like the, the Steph drama it feels like has been kind of taken away because even if he doesn't get cleared for game one seems like he's pretty much a lock for game two and if not you know better than 50 50 for game one so takes out a lot of the drama um the number one factor for me is what the hell is going on with jamal murray uh it seems sort of reading the tea leaves here sort of playing on the things i know like Jamal is healthy um, by some accounts, like he's fine. And from the language of their GM, Tim Connolly, he said it's his decision, uh, which is sort of a weird thing to say for a guy who's going through such a long rehab process, which to me kind of indicates he's done. And, you know, it's sort of the reverse of the Zion situation where, you know, Zion's out there like doing windmills and looking healthy as a horse. uh, But the organization is saying like, Hey, you know, we're work, we're scrapping through the play in like probably not our year, not worth it. Um, it seems like the nuggets are kind of wanting Jamal Murray to play and he's making that decision to not. Um, so it really does seem like the ball is in his court on that one. And obviously huge X factor just to bring another star into that series for Denver. So I feel like it's, it's gotta be considered like, and it just might be me being dramatic, but um, irresponsible to bring a kid back. You know, Jamal Murray is still 23-24. He's coming off a 
not awesome injury. Bringing him in for you know a hot series against a great team doesn't seem like the best way to, to bring a guy back. And and also Michael Malone, he's he's a he's a smart coach. You know, I think a lot of it is also some gamesmanship. You know, uh, Nuggets having to prepare. You know, whether Steph's playing game one, whether or not. I think kind of just throwing in. You know, Jamal Murray could play, could not. Who knows? Um, but I think definitely. You know, public or publicizing it, kind of making it seem like kind of a. Uh, something that could happen, I think, definitely goes into just this whole gamesmanship that you see in the playoffs, just um, working the other team, seeing how how the matches might play out. But realistically, yeah, like I mean, we've seen play come back from a long injury this season, and it's it's not going to be the same for Jamal Murray. Like it's it's going to be as young as he is, it's still going to take time to you know get adjusted and to throw himself into a into a playoff um, into a playoff series against a good team. That's um, just asking a lot for him. So even if he does come back, I agree. It's it's going to add some uh, some wrinkles defensively. But um, I think just just throw him into the fire so early is um, not something I see pushing the series one way or the other. Yeah, I kind of I kind of agree. I fully agree. Actually, I just don't. I said this a while ago, and I think Kevin Durant's the only exception to this. The guy had a year and a half off, but I, I've yet to see any player, let alone like a star player, come back off a major injury and be great right away. It just doesn't really happen, especially, you know, in a normal time frame. So I think it is super important. I think they are being coy about it. And I think even 20 minutes of Jamal Murray is a, is a plus for the Nuggets. But I don't see it being a plus to the extent that it's costing Golden State much in the series. Yeah, and that's that's to me the swing factor that Jamal's probably looking at. He's like, hey, you know, like if I come back, like – you know, Michael Porter, that's not his decision. You know, like he's not healthy right now. So like, you know, there's no games going on there. Um, so even if Jamal's looking at this and, you know, like, I don't, I don't say this with any judgment because I think you, when you're making that much money and you're in this position, oh, yeah. you, you should yeah. be looking at it in the yeah. most objective way possible. He's saying, Hey, how much of the needle am I moving where it's worth me risking my future earnings just to push myself back into what you said, Matt, is going to be the most intense environment possible. Like you're also looking at the Warriors potentially being at full health, which they've only been for one game all season uh, going into the series, which is pretty crazy. We don't know how long that's going to last. Um, Given our history this season, it could be anywhere from two to 20 minutes. Uh, So, (laughs) <laughs> I kind of feel like if I'm Jamal Murray, I'm looking at this and I'm like, Hey, you know, let's see what happens here. I'll support my team. I'll get a nice long off season and we're back at this next year. Um, but I think go in terms of the, in terms of the other factors uh, going on in this series, I just kind of like, to me, the biggest factor almost feels like what the Warriors, at least for one of the Warriors, what do they do with the end of the rotation? And I think they have some really interesting decisions to make there because assuming you have this solid core six of uh, the starters plus pool operating as the six man, Iggy's going to be in there. Where does it go from there? Like, you know, Otto Porter's going to get his minutes, but like, who's? who's I mean, this with utter seriousness. I, I, I think Bielitsa is going to be playing twelve to twenty minutes a game in this. Yeah, I, I do too. And like, I have, you know, like I think our guy Joe outlined a lot of really good reasons in his preview 
or it's like, hey, you know, if you're going to have to force him to play defensively, at least it's DeMarcus Cousins who, like, equally can't really move. Mm-hmm. You know, he's still powerful. He's still strong. He still, like, does a lot of things offensively. But, like, you know, at least you're not having to contend with, like, Zeke Naji running around on the perimeter because they'd rather have. And, and Belly. And Belly's kind of shown, like, especially to the end of the season, like, offensively, he's a great, like, asset when he's, you know, playing, picking his right spots, driving the basket, getting guys involved. So, I think, I'm not saying, I mean, obviously, he's not anywhere close to Jokic, but he kind of has that, um, like, presence uh, on the offense um, in terms of moving the ball, creating for others, getting shooters, hitting shooters. Um, so, you know, I think just, like you said, man, the, it's, it's going to be, I think GB2 has to be in there, especially matchup-wise, um, just the... The uh, defensive presence he brings, and offensively he can hit shots from the corner. He can uh, he's always kind of the rim. So um, it's a good problem to have though when you're the Warriors when you when you have so many of these guys. And um, I know we talked uh, Chucky brought up X factors, but the Warriors have. I mean, I don't know if I can say if there's one legitimate X factor. There's so many different guys, different matchups where you know there could be a Wiggins game, you could have a pool game. You know, you're gonna when when does Steph come back? But all these kind of like kind of factors are building up to a, a good problem to have, but for a team that hasn't, um, like you said, Chuck, hasn't played together, has played together once all season, a full squad, like it's it's definitely something where, you know, you're banking on um, your stars. You're banking on Steph, Draymond, Clay, um, Iggy to, you know, really get these guys, um, especially these young guys, um, ready for this to adjust on the fly because – um, we've seen we've seen playoff runs where you know Steph comes back um, after an injury and it's tough adjusting on the fly, especially in the playoffs, um, especially as you get deeper in the round. So I really I'm excited to see like these young guys step up. Um, but who are you guys looking at as as X factors on this team in the series um, that can that can really go a long way? I love this idea of the rotation just being a topic right now, just because I think this is actually a series of Warriors don't have to play a lot of their guys. Interestingly enough, I think they can kind of roll with their Charlie. You said their core six guys and, you know, four of those guys or three of those guys being Steph Clay and um, pool. I don't, I actually think Gary Payton might not see a lot of action this series just because there's not a lot of perimeter perimeter scoring that they have to worry about in Denver. So it might be more B leads. That might be a little more Kaminga um, just for the sake of, Hey, I don't think, you know, I don't think Denver can keep up with Golden State as good as Jokic is. If those three guys are on the court, and if you throw Wiggins out there, Poole out there, obviously uh, coming out there with Draymond, um, I just don't see Denver keeping up there. And I also think this is really, really good for Iguodala because ideally, ideally, and again, this team has not demonstrated consistency this year. I don't think to say that anything's a given. But there's a world where Iguodala doesn't need to play a whole lot this series. And that's good because they are going to need him in the second, third, and second again, and hoping they win that uh, third and fourth rounds of the playoffs. So it's a good matchup. I don't see a need even necessarily for more than maybe eight or nine guys, whereas I can see in future rounds that being extended to 10, 11. So I think here's where I sort of lean on Gary Payton really being the X factor for me. Um like we talked about, you know, like a lot of what Poole does is going to have a huge effect. There's a lot of what Steph and Draymond can do together and if Clay can keep up his hot performance. But I think that running GP2, not necessarily in tandem, but like if Bielitz is out on the floor, I want GP2 out on the floor. And 
That's for a couple reasons. I think on the offensive end of the floor, like Bielitsa is just a perimeter operator. And so is Iguodala at this point in this stage. Like, you know, I love him, but like, he's not really doing his like, you know, fake handoff, like roll to the rim anymore. Like he's not creating that stuff. Like he can't really drive. And so I think he and Bielitsa become a little redundant. And you throw in the fact that Bielitsa can actually shoot. Iggy really can't. Um, and I would argue, you know, Iggy has still been excellent defensively in his limited minutes, but Gary has been better. And I think at the same time, you can, you can throw Gary out as this like elite guard defender. And, you know, he can press a lot on guys like Bones Highland on Austin rivers on Bryn Forbes really help navigate like those high DHOs, those screen actions you're going to see around Jokic and Boogie. But I think on the opposite end of the floor, uh, you're going to see him operating as like that off ball guy, a lot as a screener, as a cutter, being someone around the rim. So I think that's why he and Bielitsa can have this weird synergy together because they can perform in opposite roles on the opposite ends of the floor and both be really good at those small things to accentuate what like pool's going to do around them and what potentially, you know, Kuminga as like a backup wing auto Porter, like just the more, the more explosive scoring guys, like the more responsible guys. Um, I think they can kind of, kind of patch that together uh, around GP two and really build up that defense in the second unit. Yeah, I agree. Especially just keeping just, as, as a B elite, a staple going forward for as long as he's around, which probably will be beyond the season, but and it kind of was, we saw this again a lot towards the end of the season this year, the guy's got to have defenders around him and he can really have his uses if he does. And he's pointed that out and we saw him have the best aside from the first five games, he probably had his best stretch of 10 games. So I, I love that Chuck Gotham. What do you think of man? Uh, big X factor. Um, this might be a cliche answer, but I'm going to go with Jordan Poole, man. I think uh, just, especially having seen playoff runs in the past, um, having two scorers like Steph and Clay, obviously a great luxury in the playoffs. They're that was incredibly lethal. But um, what made the Warriors so dangerous was having that third guy. That third guy was Kevin Durant. Um, but uh, I'm not saying Jordan Poole is anywhere near that, but the impact that he can have within this offense offensively is um, astronomical, man. We've seen it. We, the guy can carry um, this offense when need be with that second unit. Um, he can play with Steph. He can play with Clay. Um, and he's really that perfect combo guard that really puts the Warriors over the top in terms of what their potential can be in this playoff run. Because uh, I forget who said, I think it was Iggy. He was like, this team could either lose in the first round or win it all. And that, that really is um, a, a really great black and white way to put it that, you know, this team has what it takes to win it all. And Jordan Poole, Jordan Poole's rise and just how he's come to the plate down the stretch of the season. Um, I think he should win most improved player. I think he, uh, I think we can all agree he deserves it. Um, just with the way he's played, but um, offensively, just the way, especially with Steph kind of coming back and um, not saying he's going to be rusty or anything like that, but just, you know, just gives, it gives him that luxury of um, not having to shoulder the load uh, of the scoring of the offense, just, uh, just throwing him in after a month without playing. So um, I think Jordan Poole has shown that he can do it. He's played well against uh, the Nuggets, I think in all the games, um, if I'm not mistaken, um, but especially the one we won and the the close one without um, Steph and Steph Clay and Draymond. So um, Jordan Poole, uh, he's, he's the, uh, he's the guy that the Nuggets are going to have to stop. Um, 
And if he gets going, uh, the Warriors, uh, I think, they win this series pretty comfortably. Yeah, mine, mine kind of falls to you, Gotham. I think my, I have two X factors. I put that in scare quotes, obviously, but um, it's just it's the tandem of Thompson and Poole. And that's just because, again, I don't, I don't think Steph, is, by all indications, going to be fully healthy, whatever that means. Um, important to remember, he was not having his best shooting season before he got hurt. Um, you got to hope that picks up, but you don't know for sure. And Warriors, though, in this series aren't going to have the best player, though. And I think we can kind of accept that at this point. Jokic is the best player in the series. And I think he, he can account for so much on offense that he uh, just on his own. I mean, the numbers are wild. I know Michael Pena wrote this article the other day talking about just um, with Jokic on the floor, the Nuggets are basically a 67 win team and they're like a historically great offense. And then when he's off, they, they completely fall apart. And I say all this just to say that the Warriors, they're not going to have the best player on the floor, but they need to have the next best three or four. And I think if there, there's teams that are going to overload on Steph, and it's like they don't have elite perimeter defenders aside from uh, aside from Gordon, but if you're throwing two, three bodies at anybody, especially a, a guard, it's, it's hard to beat that. And so if the Warriors uh, are able to punish that, which they should be able to with the way that Poole and uh, Clay close the season – I think it could be a really quick series, but if those two guys aren't stellar, it's a lot to put on Steph's hands offensively um, for a series that's going to require a lot of offense because Yoko just creates that much, I think. I'm with you there. I'm like the next three players, you know, like it's without well, question. Oh, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Like Jokic is just that dominant. Like he's just, he's just on another level right now and it's awesome to watch, but it's scary now that the uh, dubs are the ones that have to stop him. Like that's just scary. Um, And I'm, I'm a little apprehensive of like how consistent clay can be as one of those next three. Um, I feel a lot better on pool being that, but I think there's a really strong chance that in the series they have the next best four, uh, especially when you include what Poole is bringing to the table. And I also think that they've shown a lot. Um, you know, it's hard to like glean too much from like looking at these games, but the Warriors did do a lot to neutralize Aaron Gordon. And he's one of those other guys who can actually make a two way impact and, even have that like game to game explosiveness that you might look for in the playoffs where it's like, Oh, like he hit four or five jumpers and got really engaged just like a role guy. And on the offensive glass did his usual pretty solid defense. And now Aaron Gordon may have swung a game. Um, I think the Warriors will do a lot to counter that. I'm, I'm really excited to like see how they try to match up against him. Cause he's going to be really interesting. Like this cat and mouse game of like, do you want to just throw Draymond directly into the actions with the screens and like, you know, maybe put him on like Jeff green or whoever else is going to be running the most pick and rolls with Jokic, or do you throw Draymond on Aaron Gordon and make him like wait off ball, try to blow things up out there and neutralize him that way. Uh, that I think is what's going to be so fascinating to see. And especially especially if the Warriors decide to go small down the stretch, which I don't think should necessarily be a given in this series. Like you can definitely manage, uh, you can definitely manage Kavan's minutes in a way to like keep him fresh 
for those stretches, but I just kind of wonder if it's even worth it to like put the punishment on Draymond of having to post up on Jokic, uh, like defensively and have to deal with that body on body. Um, because like, you know, Kavan's been the dirty work guy all year. And like, now you need the dirtiest work possible done in the post and you're going to need it down the stretch when they go to Jokic for every basket. So like, I don't even know if you can take him off the floor with Jokic out there. Um, I don't know what do you guys think. Yeah, I think that's really, that's a really good point. And I think considering how the Warriors deploy Draymond's actually just going to be huge for everything you just said. Uh, and I don't, we're going to get into starting lineups in a moment. I think this is actually a really good segue for that, but I don't think this is a series to go super small just because everything you said, it's not, I don't, Jokic will physically punish the best players in the league, the biggest players in the league. Uh, Draymond is certainly not one of the biggest guys in the league. So, uh, no, I think I think that's gonna be one of the biggest things. I don't. I actually think for that reason, that's that's why I don't see a starting lineup change. I don't think that we're all. There's a bunch of silly reasons we can we can sort out, but Kerr is not gonna pull against the starting lineup. I don't think. Um, and Looney's kind of the guy he might pull in different scenarios because he has in the past, but uh, he's not. It's not gonna happen. And I think that's totally reasonable just because putting Looney you know, positionally on, on Jokic and allowing Draymond to do Draymond things off ball. Like you were saying, Charlie is kind of, that gives you the best of Draymond in a lot of ways without taxing him. And you can't, and again, he's as good of a post defender as there is in basketball, but allowing him to fly around and cover all the actions that he can, especially if he can leave a guy like Gordon, wherever that might be, um, that allows him to be, I think, similarly effective or as effective without messing him up. You know, and that's kind of what the Warriors need this series. And so, um, I think that's a great point. I, I also, again, just going into starting lineups, I, I think it would be totally reasonable and wise even to, to bench Wiggins. I think the Warriors' offense would be explosive, and I do think that Looney and Draymond are um, strong enough defensively to anchor that lineup against Denver. And I even think you talked about uh, the Warriors' looks on Gordon last time they played. Clay guarded Aaron Gordon pretty well last game in the post for the most part, and it wasn't – it wasn't a big concern. So um, my prediction is just the normal starting five, but I do think that if they do change things up, it's got to be Wiggins and not Looney. I I agree. So like, I agree with that. Um, and Gotham, I definitely want to hear, but like, I mean, Matt, like we're on the same page with that. Like, I don't think you mess with the starting lineup as all with, at all. I think if anything down the stretch, you bump Wiggins for pool and slide clay to the three. And I I do like I do agree with that point, and the Warriors clearly saw it too. Or like they were just throwing guards onto uh, Gordon, and like comfortable with that on switches because he just doesn't like back them down. He doesn't punish them. He doesn't have really exceptional touch around the rim, no. so you can get away with like putting him on a guy that's not the same sort of like vertical athlete. And then I think that gives you a lot more offensively in the backcourt you're not really getting torched back there by Monte Morris or Austin rivers or whoever else they try to throw out there. So that would be my move. It's like, you know, maybe work pool and down the stretch uh, for closing lineups if you need it. But I don't know if I go, I don't know if I'd like throw the huge wrench of like, yeah, Wiggins has been starting all year with bench him to start the playoffs. And, like, and I that, think that would that, just be a little bit of a panic move in a yeah, that, series that's, you're like that, super favored in. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, I think, um, especially when we're talking about game one starting lineups, I don't think we're going to see any change. Um, I think uh, it's going to be Wiggins, Draymond, Looney, 
pull off the bench. But like you said, I think uh, game one, especially the first couple games of the series are all about like just reading how the adjustments go. And I, I like you said, I don't think Steve Kerr is going to show his hand uh, game one of the first of the first uh, series. That being said, I think I think the closing lineup, uh, Charlie, that you brought it up. Um, I think that's where you, I mean, you have to have Jordan Poole on the floor. I don't think he's a, uh, it's really a debate at this point. The guy offensively with Steph Clay and Draymond, uh, Steph Clay, Draymond and Poole, um, whoever that fifth guy is just has to be, you know, just in the right spots, being able to, if it's Wiggins, you know, knock down those open threes, be aggressive. Um, but like it's, it's Jordan Poole has to be in that closing lineup. So that last, that fifth guy, you know, I think that is going to be strictly depending on matchups, you know, you could throw Looney in there uh, for a little bit more defense um, uh, auto um, in there. Uh, I mean, Wiggs obviously. So, I mean, there's so many options and that's what I think, um, like we said earlier, that's just like, the, it's a good problem to have. They have, so many different uh, matchup based players you can put in as that fifth guy to close that um, as long as you've got those core four guys going um, down the stretch, then, um, you know, it's, it's going to be hard to stop for, for Denver's defense, which, um, you know, I think is, is going to have their handfuls as well. I mean, obviously the Warriors will with the Okich, but I mean, Denver is going to be, uh, I mean, I don't know where they rank defensively this year, but um you know, I, I think that the yeah middle of the pack. Like I think the Warriors offensively, if they're clicking, um, there should be no reason why the Denver should stop them. Yeah, yeah especially that backcourt defense. Just- yeah, like it's, and you throw another guy, you throw another guard like Poole in there, and then you have Steph Clay, uh, uh, Steph Clay the three. Uh, Clay's defensively. I mean, I'm not worried about him defensively either. Just I think he's shown throughout the season that, you know, you put him, you put him in the post, he can guard, you put him on the, on the perimeter. He's, uh, he's been moving his feet pretty well, um, defending really well. So um, for where he's at, um, obviously he's not, you know, the 2018, 19 Clay Thompson that we saw, but um, he's definitely not, um, you know, shadowed that he's definitely a decent defender. Um, so just that three guard lineup, man, which I'm on is just going to be so lethal. I think that it's, it's just the matchups is going to determine that fifth person down the stretch. Fully agree. It's just not. It's not time to change things up. Most. Yeah, it's too early. Also, too early. It's weird because I think that I. I'm not gonna lie. I do think the maximum version of this roster does start their best. Our best four guys plus Looney probably, uh, which is those four core four. We're all saying, but it's pool with between between how competitive he is and how skilled and talented he is. He's just far more equipped to actually come off the bench and maybe be pissed off about it, but perform better because of that. Whereas Wiggins, it's just such a wild card where I don't, I don't see the guy come off the bench and blowing anybody's socks off. So. Um, yeah. Like that, that that's kind of what it is for me. It's not like an Oak and Wiggins like uh, work into the bench. Like, I think that'd be fine as a fit. I just worried that that would like crush him in his confidence. And like, we've seen that there's nothing you can do to stop Jordan Poole's confidence. Like the dude is, overflowing yeah. with it so like that's kind of more where i lie. and, like, and like you know, it's not like they're just gonna like give him like tell him the day of the game like he's gonna be he's gonna be prepared for his role and i think that's been something that the coaching staff's harped every, all year like jordan Poole has filled every single role that they've asked him to fill and i don't see why that changes um in the postseason run when you know the team's as healthy as they've ever been like this is this is the role that jordan Poole was groomed for this season like it, this is and he's stepping. He's gonna step into it. Like it's. It's. He's not. He's the guy. He's shown up in big games. Like uh, Jordan Poole's the least of my concerns. It's also important to remember. I think his fans are gonna get worked up about this. And I think that makes total sense because last time we saw Poole off the bench was during the Warriors' biggest or most dramatic skid of the season. Probably not the biggest skid. They were really bad the last record-wise. The last 15 games, of course, but 
Uh, there was a little drama early on to pick coming off the bench when Clay came back, but it's also, we got to remember a couple of things. First of all, this is a different Clay than that was four or three, four months ago. That Clay was shot hunting like 2016 Kobe. You know, that's, that's the Clay Thompson we had January, February. And that was frustrating for everybody. I'm sure. And then realistically speaking, right. I'm sure that threw off Wiggins and threw off pool. That makes total sense. Uh, the way this goes going forward though, is pool is probably going to play. He, he might sub in, uh, and not come back out. Honestly, it might that could totally yeah. be how it goes. The guy might play a 38 minutes a game. So I think it's just a different ball game right now than it was was a while ago. And so I I'm it it's it's built to work out in Golden State's favor. And again, if they need to make that change, I'm sure they will. But if they need to make that change, that means things will have gone wrong early and that could be very costly as well. So it's a bit interesting. Um do you guys want to get into, you know, we got this game coming up in, in two days. I think most of ESPN somehow picked Warriors in six or seven games. Uh, what are we thinking as far as how far this series goes? Uh, I have a hard time picking against Jokic, just like taking a series. Take, don't, hey, hey, hey. taking a series to seven games. <laughs> Like, it feels like even when everything is, like, conventionally, logically against him, he still finds a way to just win games. And I think even though the Warriors are going to be healthier, hopefully, this series than they've been all year, uh, this is still a team where we've seen um, has the ability to just shoot themselves in the foot sometimes. Like, both these teams, they turn the ball over a lot. And I think you're going to see some game. I think like my gut tells me you're going to see one or two games that Jokic just like wins by his pure might. And one <laughs> other game that the Warriors lose more than the Nuggets win, if that makes sense. Um, but in the end, there's just way too much talent if Golden State's healthy for them to lose this series. Uh, ultimately, I don't think we're going to see any Jamal Murray. So then you're looking at Jokic fighting against the rising tide of like this really loaded core five or six guys um, if they stay healthy. So as insane as he is like, and I, I like, I feel insane betting on him to even take this to seven games, but that's where I think this is going because that's who he is. I can say for one, I'm excited to hear the total opposite from our guy Gotham right now. So Gotham, yeah, no, I'm. Uh, yeah, he's like, shut I'm up. With, I'm, I'm, with you, I'm with you, Chuck. I think it's going to be a close series. But uh, let me let me take our listeners back to uh, 2016 game round one against the uh, the Trailblazers. Um, Warriors won that series in five. There was one Steph came back. There was an I'm back thing. Or was it round two? I forget. It might have been round two. Um, whatever round that was against the Blazers, it was a hard-fought five-game series. And that's what I think that this one's going to be. I think that the Warriors just have, like you said, Chuck, too much – there's just too much talent. They're they're getting healthy at the right time. I think Steph plays game one. Um, I think he's back. I think the Warriors are healthy from the start for of this run. Um, and as great as Jokic is, and that's why I think it's going to be hard-fought, um, I just think that the Warriors take care of business at home. Um, I think game one is a pretty solid win. Game two, pretty close. Um, but the Warriors pull one out. Game three, Jokic, you know, it was my, I think the Warriors still game four, come home, clinch at game five. But um, I think that the Warriors just have 
are, are a little better. I think they're, especially as they end the season, to see the guys come together and play well without Steph. I think it was just a huge confidence boost going into this playoff run. Um, so that being said, um, yeah, Dubs in five, man. I don't, I don't see this going past. I don't, I don't think we go back to, to go back to Denver um, and bring on that second round because I, I think they, they take care of business pretty, pretty tough, but uh, in a in a solid in a solid gentleman sweep. So I'm actually falling in the same boat as Gotham is. Uh, and Charlie, I, Homer, baby. I resent the discourse that will come out from Jokic losing the first round at all, let alone what I think is going to be five games because I do think he's the best player in the league. Um, and I think it's going to be really annoying to hear about, well, they have BP, MB, blah, blah, blah. Also, I just want to say, say real quick, I, I think that MB also probably loses in the first round. Uh, that's my other prediction. So before all that stuff comes out um, and all the, the people get mad at the, the Jokic MVP, I think your guy MB is probably going to lose. Not that MB is not great. MB would have won and that been awesome. But I think... Um, you, you, you had to beat the pro MB allegations real quick. Yeah, yeah. it's They're all <laughs> happening. We know what's going to We know what's coming for everybody. Um, but no, I just, again, it's, it's really hard to win a series when you're missing two max players and the nuggets are, it's hard to win games, let alone a series. Um, Charlie, you mentioned this in the last podcast or we were texting, I forget, but the nuggets look tired towards the end of the season. And that makes total sense. Jokic is doing a whole lot. Jokic is going to, he's going to have to play 40 plus minutes a game, of course. And I don't, I just don't see the guy holding up for multiple games, let alone seven. So I think the Warriors should win the first two at home. Uh, I honestly think, I think they go up 3-0, lose game four, and uh, gentlemen sweep, you know, game five, they take back at home. And uh, I just, it's really hard to win a series when you have, you know, just a uh, just a, a big mismatch in talent. I think we saw this last year with, with Phoenix and Denver. And I think, I do think this Golden State team is as good as Phoenix. And I think this Denver team, you know, uh, what they've done this season is pretty freaking awesome and incredible, but playoffs, different animal. It's, it's a tough, tough series against some really great hall of fame players, hall of fame players in golden state. So I'm saying warriors in five, um, same thing got a little bit different in how I think it's going to happen, but I don't see uh Denver pulling it out. But Charlie on that note though, man, you, uh, you did say it's silly to bet against the Okich. I might look really stupid in two weeks. So, Nah, nah, Charlie. I love you, man. Bro. <laughs> I'm praying you're the one that's looking dumb, calling it seven. Because uh, if they, I don't want, it, I don't want any of these teams to go seven games. Okay, uh, but okay. Hear me out, though. If it is seven, then you got to watch two more basketball games that were probably pretty sick. Uh, true, so. but I'd rather take the breast, you know, get ready for the T Wolves. No, I'm playing. Um, who I actually, <laughs> again, I don't think that's silly, man. T Wolves got yeah, a shot. That's T Wolves got a shot. Um, but. I, Jeff, <laughs> One more thing, too, on the Jokic point. Uh, I do think the rest of the team is starting to look tired. I actually don't ever really know if Jokic is tired or not. He always looks tired. Well, because he always looks tired, but, like, he never yeah, acts like it, you know? That guy he looks always- like he drank a a fifth or two of vodka the night before every game. Man. <laughs> no, I was going to say he always looks like he's getting over the flu. So, like, that's just kind of his, like, resting state of being. So, like, it's hard to, like – I don't know. Is he tired? Like, is or is that just kind of like how he is? Like, it's impossible to figure out. <laughs> That's fair. That's totally fair. Charlie <laughs> did agree, guys. Anybody listening? Charlie did agree to get a Bealitsa tattoo of the Warriors doing in five. So, no, no. Bealitsa, Bealitsa, <laughs> right on the uh, the right deltoid of our guy Chuckster. Okay, right in his typing hand. So, I want to um, get. It. 
if I if I were to get a Bielitsa tattoo, it'd be with his like panic arms when he's like caught like having to play defense <laughs> at the level and try to like scram and <laughs> maybe slap the ball. <laughs> or anybody have you guys have you guys seen Ferris Bueller? Of course. Yes. Come on. Classic. Uh it just dawned on me last week. Maybe you fully disagree, but Bielitsa looks like Charlie Sheen in Ferris Bueller. Leather jacket at the police station. I'm just saying, check it out, everybody. That's my comp, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, movie character wise for our guy Belly. Um, but with all that being said, guys, I think we got Chuck, Chuck Dubs and Seven, Gotham Dubs and Five, myself Dubs and Five. Uh, other than that, guys, we're looking forward to this series. We'll definitely be uh, hitting on it next week. And uh, anything to plug, guys, before we head out of here? I got a comeback article, just Homer takes, um, just thoughts on this Warriors dynasty, this Warriors playoff run. Um, just kind of throw my throw my hand back in writing, see if it works out. Um, if it does, great. If it doesn't, it's my thoughts. So screw the rest of y'all. Um, but on that, uh, obviously plug Chuck's uh, Chuck's uh, guide. Sorry, I'm not I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at the picture of Charlie Sheen that Matt put in the chat. <laughs> but, <laughs> Yeah, hopefully hopefully have that guide up at worst tomorrow, maybe at the end of the day today, uh, depending on how this last part goes. Um, Excited to have Gotham dip in the pen again. Dude, that's going to be sick. I can't wait for that. Uh, But yeah, man, we got... We got play in tomorrow. Like it's it's full playoff season, baby. Playoff mode, baby. Best time of the year. Best time of the year. Yeah, it but, is indeed the best time of the year, guys. And like uh, Gotham, that's freaking dope, man. We're excited to read that. Chuck is the fifth gospel. Okay, he's putting out the uh, the book of Charlie for us all to, to check out and read. Okay, Chuck. Oh, so, <laughs> you guys, check that out. Okay, we're uh, we're signing off, guys. Thanks a ton. Hey, thanks, guys, for tuning in, and see y'all in the next one. Peace. The Golden State Warriors advance to their fifth consecutive Western Conference Final. For the second straight year, they eliminate the Rockets here in Houston as they take this series in six games, and they win game six without Kevin Durant. Just a painful way to end the season once again for Chris Paul, James Harden.